Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we are all here reunited on terra firma, back in Blighty. Uh, well, I've been back in Blighty the whole time, but, but these two dishevelled shells of men have been out on the pop for a few days. Sorry, promoting <laughs> the great game of rugby union for a few days stateside. Expanding the game. Expanding our knowledge of the game too. <laughs> yeah. And it's, Definitely. it's uh, currently like nearly half three in the afternoon and JB's in uh, some, are they, are they new pyjama bottoms, those New York Jets PJB, PJ bottoms? Oh, what, these old things? I just threw them on. Uh, <laughs> do I look like I've been somewhere? He's <laughs> got an NYPD t-shirt on, New York Jets cap and a New York Jets PJ. Uh, like, I'm a Jets fan. You could have got me some. I could have. If, if, you, if, you, if, you, I know, if you return our Bayon Bombers top and you lend the Japan top for the dungeon... I'll, I'll give you the trousers. All right, you're on. Uh, right, so uh, we are uh, on iTunes, on Acast, anywhere else you can find a podcast. Subscribe, leave your review on iTunes, find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, all the normal stuff, you know what's going on. So we've already done one podcast, or rather you two did, uh, in a hotel lobby in New York before going to the airport to come home with David Flatman. If you haven't heard that yet, well worth listening. Really, really good to hear you guys. And I was quite impressed how kind of with it you sounded. Uh, yeah, we can't really take much of the credit for that. That was all David. Um, he turned up fresh. He didn't go out the night before because he's a professional. And he showed up in the Uber and did, and did the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I really have uh, uh, no credit to take for that whatsoever. So this podcast, we're going to sort of catch up on a little bit of what happened at the weekend, albeit it's three days ago now, or two days, two, three days ago now. Uh, and also, but more more importantly, look ahead to the weekend that is coming up. So you probably didn't get the chance to see any rugby while you were out there, Phil. Uh, other, other than the other live than game. The game, while we were out there, saw very, very little. We've now been back in the UK for about three hours, so I've managed to catch up on all the extended highlights yep. uh, of just about everything, but probably not as much as you, certainly. And when you watch everything that fast and that close together, it all just merges into one. Just on the Philadelphia thing, because you guys uh, and listen to the podcast for a, a ringing endorsement of the city, of the spectacle. Um, it, it, which is quite interesting because I, I have not not issues with the, the whole yeah. event, but I, I have well no I do have some kind of issues more with the execution than the idea. Okay, 
So I'm quite interested to sort of pick your brains on that. So, so the question I'm going to ask to get there is, what do you think the why was? Like, I'm, I've just set up a business in the last few months with a mate of mine, and one of the big things people keep saying is you've got to know what your why is, like why you're doing what you're doing. So why were they doing what they did? What was the why? Because I, I can't work it out. I know what the right answer is. Okay, the right answer is they did it to promote the game in the United States. Of rugby union broadly. Yeah. I also think what they should make more of a what they should make more of a deal of is you do it because you, well for the sake of it to make a good event and the problem with this whole thing which we did yesterday sorry uh, th- uh, this weekend everyone I th- I mean I'm not seeing the coverage over here but I assume it's pretty negative. Uh, well, there was there was a lot of kind of like, hey, Premiership on tour in the states or whatever, um, but the sort of sizzle the sausage didn't match the sizzle yeah so yeah the the, the journalists over there were really negative i i kind of think that they decided before they went that that this wasn't going to work i would say it's a roaring success as an event and what i mean by that is i defy anyone who went there to say I did not enjoy that. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Well, and again, I'm not trying yeah. to throw negativity onto it. I'm, in a way, it's trying to be constructive for next time because I couldn't quite work out the why. What? Why do it? Because what you've just said is it's trying to grow the game more broadly in the US and try and get more people playing the game of rugby union in the US. Yeah. I don't think that was the why. And if that was the why, then what you do is the kind of things which they did through the week. You send, and you could send injured players coaches over from all clubs all through the year to do these kind of coaching clinics and then have one kind of spectacle event like um, a premiership barbarians team where you kind of get uh, fringe players towards the end of the season haven't played a lot of rugby get get them together pay them a few quid chuck them out on a plane and play the US Eagles that sort of thing might might actually work better what it actually is I think this event sorry I think what the why probably is is to promote the Aviva premiership in America oh absolutely I, I, I would agree with that that is the why uh, That's why they were doing it, but I don't think I think it fell flat on that one as well. Now, in terms of improvements, which I'm going to put on a small email and send over to uh, Premiership <laughs> Rugby, I'd have done the following. Okay, so there are a lot of clubs out there, and the people who attend these clubs are phenomenally passionate. Me and Phil were at Bayonne, um, you know, New, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, yep. and again, a massive thanks to Darren for being su- such a great host. who's doing gr- really good work there at Bayonne as uh, as coach. Um, and they were playing a team called Morris, who had most of their players come in, come up through their own own youth system. Yeah, this you mentioned this on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, bloody, it's, it's, abs- yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. So the people who are in these clubs are seriously passionate, and if if they weren't passionate, they wouldn't be getting changed on sidelines and you know, sc- you know scra- scraping together places to change and all that sort of stuff. So, I would suggest two things to to Premier Rugby. One. Give these clubs a little bit of money or some tickets. And the reason you give them money or tickets is so they can move all of their all of their games to a Friday night, to a stadium on, fr- on, on, on Friday night, and then send people to watch their games, whether it be a couple of Saracens travelling squad members, whether it be some uh, low-level podcasters like ourselves. <laughs> Something to say, hey, it's not just about you coming to watch us. We're going to come, come watch you. Or what about uh, what Saracens do every single... Well, not every single, but a lot of their home games. I've been to Saracens before, several hours before kickoff, and there's kids playing a little tournament on, on it. Yep. Do, do that, do a little, or do a little sevens tournament. Invite, like, get an artificial pitch 
yeah. invite a load of other clubs to come along, to take part in a some sort of competition that you run, and then 5pm kickoff, they're already in the ground. It feels like a great event. You, you've got the main event. So my point being, like con- constructive, it feels like there wasn't a great deal of joined up thinking no. and acumen going uh, on. And I'll give you the last one. This is This is the... This this is my oh sorry and in terms of giving them tickets get, don't, instead of giving them cash give them tickets so that they can sell to their, to their club members win win right so here's here's the real brainchild I think next year Premiership Rugby should set up some sort of like podcast village so you can have your bloggers and micro influencers there doing their shows or shows or doing their reporting in a fan village before getting on coaches to go to go to the stadium because I think that that that'd be really cool. For us, it would be very cool for us, hundred well, <laughs> percent. So, well, I mean, we did, I, I, we, we attracted a hundred people to to Romania, and we could have yeah, done and a lot some. more. Yeah, you know, but we. So, yes, I think that would do a little bit. I think the bigger one to get people to that event is the first one you mentioned. It's it's uh, with the fans, with the clubs, okay. allowing the clubs to come to it, giving them free and tickets, also because and engage of, with them because all of the Premiership rugby is played earlier on in, in the day, <clears> right? They could be televising the late game in the fan village, getting everyone excited for the game before they get on their coaches and go, or some sort of tailgate type stuff. Something like Which that. Which is what they did at Newcastle Falcons home ground, oh, Kingston they? Park. They did that, and loads of fans turned up, and uh, they, the injured players and players that were in the yeah. periphery were there as well. Don't so there's, there's lots that can be done. I just I'm, My problem is not with the idea. Yeah. It's with yeah. the execution, yeah. and I think there's, it left a lot to be desired. Well, it, and as a result... It's invited a load of negativity. Yeah, well, I would say just two two last things. One, the promotion was rubbish. Uh, two, um, just because you've heard negative events, uh, ne- uh, ne- uh, negativity about it this time, don't make don't let that put you off going when it comes around next time because it truly is a great event to go and attend. Yeah, and everyone will learn from that. Yeah, as in Premier Rugby and the clubs will learn from that, and things will be done differently next time which I certainly hope there is a next time. I like the idea of uh, like a premiership all-stars dream, because America understand like the concept of a dream team, if mm. you like. Send them over to play the US Eagles, the the Aviva premiership barbarians or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I still prefer the idea of sending them over during the Six Nations because it doesn't matter if Mario Soji is isn't really playing. No one really knows. Like, if the New England Patriots landed here... Someone who's never watched American football before doesn't really need to go and see Tom Brady. They just need to see the spectacle of all yeah, the guys in their kits. Totally. So it, that and that way it doesn't impact the home fans as much and yeah. all the rest of it. You can't do it during the Six Nations, though, can you? You can. Well, USA, you're playing in their equivalent. Oh. We so, will solve this another yeah. day. Uh, other other things over the weekend. Let's go from uh, from what Ten some wrote as a negative. Uh, let's let's go from what some wrote as a negative, and clearly there's there's shades of grey everywhere. Uh, to uh, I think we'll all be agreed um, a resounding positive. The the little <laughs> niggle between Marla and Haskell. Bravo, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> it was entertaining, wasn't it? It really was. One of my favourite things happened on a rugby pitch for about five years. <laughs> um, I it- also really liked it, and I, I would have liked to have seen the referee. Take the two of them together. We talked about this before. Take the two of them together. Say, right, enough of that. Shake hands yeah. and go back. So they've really made a rod for their own backs here. Okay. Um, well, everyone has. 
so as I mentioned on the previous podcast with Flats, everyone's going to be squirting Haskell with water now. Apparently Danny Kerr squirted him with water. <laughs> Next time I see him, I'm going to squirt him with, um, <laughs> uh, uh, with water, albeit from a safe distance. Don't get it in his coffee. Do not, yeah. Um, if, I just feel that pr- uh, pr- um, the Premiership should have done nothing about this. Uh, not giving him giving Marla a retrospective yellow card, which is apparently what has happened. They're, they have done that. Three yellow cards results in a ban, and they've retrospectively citing commission have citing commission have uh, decided that M- Joe Marla's actions, squirting him with water, and grabbing his scrum cap whilst he after he'd been judo throw to the floor or before or after whatever, uh, warranted uh, a yellow card. Nonsense. It should have been yellow yeah, carded. Yeah. So retrospectively has been done. So doesn't it feel like it's just we need to. We need to make it. Well, uh, we we need to keep the game. Um, what's the word? Not stupid. Palatable for for kids. No. Uh, yes. When the game grows, it's like oh, well, now they're role models, and we need to. Well, I just think. But they're whacking lumps out of each other for eighty minutes, and yeah. they they showed restraint because Haskell looked like he was he was ten Haskell years ago. He would so have angry. lamped him. Yeah. He would have he would have done a two alangi on Ashton. So I I'm actually with you there. I think. He, he should have been the two of them should have been commended for showing the restraint that they did. Yeah. As in Haskell so I, I think Marla was just trying to wind him up. Yeah. Haskell was right on the edge of, of exploding and a few years ago he would have punched him, would have hit him. But they both showed restraint and it was good fun and it was it was a bit of harm harmless fun. Yeah. Um now that they've decided to stick their big noses in, it feels to me that any kind of altercation needs to be looked back by a sizing commission when really, the answer to this is, Haskell's yellow card is fine-ish. But by giving Marla a yellow card, what are we going to do now? Just look back at all the, you know, look back at all the incidents. Well, I, I think it's the other station. way around. I think Marla's been given a yellow card because Haskell was given a yellow card. I think had Haskell not, if if the ref had treated it in that way of going, guys, come on, you're England internationals, shake hands, sort yourselves out, get back get back and focus on the game. If the ref had done that, I don't think Premiership Rugby or whoever the sighting commission or whoever it is would have said two yellow cards, one for Haskell, one for Marla. They were just evening it up yeah. because... Uh, there, was a, there was also an element of, of pro wrestling in, in this too because... Good, ju- good, judo, good judo technique. Bloody brilliant. <laughs> really slick. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't believe you got away with that. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, it's like Vince McMahon chose these two guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was just because it, they're the two biggest characters probably in the English yeah. game. Yeah. But, right. Let's go. If you were going to pick WWE superstars out of the those two. Avicii Premiership, it would be those two, it yeah. It probably would be, yeah. Yeah, it would be. So, I'm trying to think of someone else who I'd pick instead. I know Corbs love, love, loves his WWE. Who else? Uh, oh, there's loads of them. What yeah. other Avicii Premiership yeah. star would you have? Genj. Crisis. Genj would Genj. Genj has got, <laughs> yes. Genj's got heel written all over him. And yes. also Genj can just come out as Genj. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, Genj. <laughs> uh, Jamal Ford Robinson is an actual uh, Oh, yeah, he's an actual wrestler. He seems too nice to be, as in... You get beaten up every week then. You need the... Yeah, maybe. Sam Underhill had the look of a man who could be pretty handy in the WWE with his uh, defensive work on Friday night. I didn't... I saw bits of it. It was on... TV at, at a bar when we uh, finished our game for the Bay Bombers. I've uh, seen bits of it. Just a hard. He just met, tw- what twenty three tackles in sixty eight minutes. Tackling machine. And, and he went off, and he wasn't re- he wasn't done. He had more in the tank. A machine. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks though, because he was. Uh, oh, that's one interesting thing that it threw up over the weekend. So Northampton, brilliant win once again. Uh, one little 
uh, subtlety in the law was exposed, though, because Sam Underhill was hit and he was he was out. Mm-hmm. Now, had someone said, we just want to check him for uh, an HIA, they would have been able to have brought a back row on. Because he was out, cold, Yeah. and, they, and the doctors said, do you know what, he was out, so we're pulling him from the game. He's immediately he's taken imme- off. He's immediately taken off, and they'd used up their replacements. They weren't allowed to replace him. Oh, oh wow. That's not good. Probably, which will get looked at and changed. Because oh, so, so, right, because if it was a head injury assessment, you just get a, a direct replacement. And then at the end, old, and like, then at the end of the fifteen minutes, yeah, which is the time of the HIA, Bath would have had to have decided: Are you bringing Sam Underhill back on, or withdrawing his Hang replacement on. from the Isn't field? Isn't this just common sense by the people that run the game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, uh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little flaw that will need tweaking. It, it will get tweaking. Both both yeah. sets of coaches were like, "Yeah, actually, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. Let's uh, sort this out." Um, but yeah, Sam Underhill looks looked a tough lad. So, it, instantly, people are starting to talk about Eddie Jones's England squad. I think he just needs to have a a good hard year who in the Premiership. The, who is the more likely guy to get into the England squad of the young flankers? One of the Curries or Underhill? Well, Curry's already there, so I think him. You reckon the Curry's... What, Seems ben? to be the way Eddie Jones goes, doesn't it? He's not going to pick but, Sam Underhill on the basis of one match. But Underhill also played in the first test in Argentina, didn't he? True. Actually, that's very true. Um, oh, yeah, good but point. I think he'll go back to his kind of tried and yeah. tested of Haskell and Rob Shaw, subject to him wanting to play a, potentially a lock at six. So we've seen Marrow, we've seen Laws both do a, a handy job. Now, why would anyone pick a lock at six, Tim? Well... You just mentioned Rob Shaw, Haskell, and then mentioned Courtney Laws, who was again magnificent in that Northampton performance, captaining inside and is playing the rugby of his life. And was mm. packing down at six as well. And was packing it? down at six. And Ben Kay wrote a really, really interesting piece in The Times where he said that the scrum has been depowered slightly with the new law variations, which means there's a greater emphasis been put on the line out, which means suddenly we, we talked for ages about six and a halfs in relation to Rob Shaw, yeah. Haskell. But now, five and a halfs may well be the future because they give an extra line-out option and Courtney Law's five and a half. So, mm-hmm. so there's one half of that I really like, which is the the line-out option. Having someone who's six foot five, six, seven, Courtney Law's might be, um, is brilliant. But if you're depowering the scrum, then you can also have lighter props, which means that... Um, you need more athletic players on the pitch, so perhaps having someone who's athletic but can also do the line-out work, as in someone like perhaps a Warburton type who does a huge amount of work but can still be very good in the line-out. Yeah. Now, Courtney Laws is athletic, so he's yep. um, he's probably a good example of someone who could do a little bit of both, perhaps. Hmm. Yeah, and what what you're saying, Tim, about... Or what the... Ben Kay was saying, anyway. Yeah, but just yeah. take it yourself. Um, uh, what Ben Kay was saying might also uh, be rubbing off because you do see a lot more emphasis on other things than scrums. So uh, restarts are big on big on coaches' agendas, practicing them, getting them right, because it's just another area where you you actually have some uh, some contest for the uh, for the ball. It's that's on it's everyone's a m- agenda. Momentum shift. That's point, on everyone's agenda because it got on the All Blacks' agenda, and they got so damn good at it that they were just. Scoring and then immediately getting the, the the ball back, thirty yards from the opposition's try line. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, isn't it? Which, if you can do it well, it's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal advantage. Did you did anyone watch it, the All Blacks game? Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't watch it live because I was travelling to a game, but uh, I did watch it, and they are just playing 
once again, well, they were with South Africa anyway, just playing a different game. Yeah. So I looked at my phone on Saturday morning and I thought, I actually honestly thought South Africa had won. Because all the tweets like, how do you like that? Uh, South Africa rugby revival, question mark. Um, lots of things I'm like, bloody hell, this is going to be a huge result. <laughs> and it was, just not in the way that I, uh, that I saw it panning out. It certainly was a huge result. It, it took a look, so I've watched the extended highlights now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a little bit to, to, for New Zealand to break them down. But when the, the floodgates opened, late on in that first half and then in the second half, it was just men against boys. Yeah. Um, I've seen quite a few things. So I've seen a few tweets from Brendan Venter. Yeah, he really got into it with fans. Yeah. In a good I've, I've, yeah. In a con- like, contrite way. I've seen the, the stuff that's kind of... Uh, very critical of his team, but also articulate in that look, no one is hurting more than them. They want to get better. They will get better, and they're determined to I do really that. I really thought they were turning the corner. I mean, maybe they did turn the corner. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. Sorry, you got, has anyone got change for time? Oh, uh, look, at this. we're just getting we're getting interrupted by by my wife and a small person. Uh, no, I've not got change for twenty. I don't. Not. No, sorry. Sorry. Okay then. <laughs> There we go. Should we keep that in or do we cut it out? No, keep it in. Keep Carry it in. on. Keep it in. Fine. Uh, it's a problem with podcasting uh, on a weekday. Uh, no, no. It's let, pro- let the girls pay. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a problem with not locking your door before you start broadcasting. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing, the Brennan Venter side was interesting. It will be, it'll be fascinating to see how they do react because they've got to have a big reaction. Otherwise, there's going to be some personnel changes both playing side and coaching side. Well, the, I guess the, the overall trend for the Springboks has been really positive. Yeah. Since, the, since that Italy game and the Tonga game, um, in fact, since last year's tour, they seem to have improved. They do. And but this just must be a body blow. A massive step back. And the other thing, when you, when you kind of dig into the, some of the stats, they're, so they're scrumming their line out. Um, so... Their forward play, their basics are what they really pride themselves on. Mm. Scrum, 50% success. Line out, 60% success. What? Tackles as well, 70% success. Tell you what. Just those basics, just simply not good enough. I anyone got a sneaky suspicion you're going to see a massive reaction when they go back to... I thought you were going to say, anyone got a sneaky suspicion that, that there's a Hansi Cronier incident has gone on? Oh. <laughs> Did he fly into the side of a mountain? Hansi Cronier. I don't know. Hans, <laughs> Hansi Cronier was um he's was the, ma- the match fixing cr- cricket captain. Yeah. I'm sure he flew into a mountain. <clears throat> you getting confused with the film Alive? <laughs> the, 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 right, the true Uruguayan, story of Uruguayan the Uruguayan rugby, rugby team. team. Okay, you guys, uh, you guys, crack on. You might be right. I and don't know. I will come back to you with some aviation mountain-based facts. <laughs> okay. How, uh, how do you spell Han- Hansi Cronier? H uh, <laughs> A N S E. C R O N J E. Yeah. All right, go on. Carry on. Uh, so, so um, th- there's been a lot of reaction to this, and a lot of people. Yeah, died in a plane crash t- uh, t- 2002. Oh my god. Uh, wow. Flint's flu- flu- side of Malta. Wow. Um, okay. Mm. Well, is that a metaphor so, for South African rugby? Yes. <laughs> so no, it's I, just flown into. So, oh no. <laughs> Sorry, Hansi. So R.I.P. To answer your question, do I think South Africa flew into the side of a mountain? No, I don't. <laughs> do I think there's illegal betting activity? I've got an open mind. 
it, it has reignited lots of discussion about the structure of domestic South African rugby and the, what's happening with Super Rugby and players and losing players to Europe and uh, and competing and all the rest of it. And Southern Kings had a game at the weekend against Leinster. Big stadium. Yeah. What city is it in again? Port Elizabeth. Port Elizabeth. Oh so, so it was word. the stadium in Port Elizabeth, the one where international matches happen. Yeah. Huge. 500 people. That is not good. Not good. Leinster take like European former European champions, Leinster, five hundred people. Well, yeah, I just don't think. It's, I mean, people will correct me, and people have corrected me already, saying Port Elizabeth and the and that area does produce a lot of rugby players. Um, but the Kings have never been loved. They, no one's ever really been interested in them. I think their first ever game was one of the first ever games was against the Lions last time they went to South, South Africa, and it's just purely a team based out of politics and nothing really more. So it doesn't surprise me that that, 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 there, that there are no crowds. And I don't know what will... I mean, if Leinster doesn't excite you, maybe you just don't like rugby. Maybe, yeah. There's a load of Irish internationals there. Right? John Schmidt, who's high up in the South African Rugby Union now, yeah, he said that what he wants to do is in a couple of years change the sides in Pro 14 from Southern, uh, Southern Kings and uh, Lion, Lions... Kings and Cheaters. Kings and Cheaters to a couple of the others. He wants to change it up, which I just like on a rotation, so like, like a rotation, so, like a ro- rotating so the them in. And sharks do two years in the yeah. in the pro team. What is the guy on about? <sighs> if that is a serious suggestion, then the problems are even worse than first first feared. Because the one thing that these tournaments have, like at the weekend, I was working at the the Leicester Gloucester match. Yep. That's the city of Leicester against the city of Gloucester. Yeah, and there's a lot of tradition. A lot of tradition and top flight rugby between them. And that's two. what the that's a lot of people have taken the Mickey out of us going Aviva Premiership, greatest domestic oh. tournament in the world or stuff. But that's what regardless if you take away quality of rugby, that's what the Aviva Premiership Isn't has. This is what I've been saying for years. Huh? Uh you you have been saying this about the rivalries. Yeah. No, so I'm saying, John, and we've we've all been, a lot of people are saying, oh, actually, the, you know, the South African in this Pro 14 is bringing in TV money and all the rest of it. The only thing it will have going for it is if it brings in the TV money and you start generating those kind of relationships and rivalries between clubs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I hope that the Cheetahs get a bigger crowd. I mean, it can't be hard to get a bigger crowd than 500 <laughs> for Leinster. I think Cheetahs are the... Cheetahs are the greater hope of of the, of the two South African teams for one of them that can do something. Mm. Southern Kings, it's just rubbish, isn't it? It's just depressingly rubbish. And it's so sad because I give the Pro 12 so much stick because the bottom half of it is so, so awful. I mean, and uh, people will be you know, tweeting and saying, oh, well, do you think that Newcastle would uh, you know, beat you know, or end up in the top six or so on and so forth? No, I don't think that. I just think Newcastle or Sale, all in the Irish would be six times better than... They'd be better than if you got a combined team of Kings, Dragons, Cheetahs, Zebra, Treviso and Edinburgh. Any one of those teams would be better than a combination team of all those six teams. Uh, Worcester, maybe not so. They're looking like they've got big problems. Yeah, Mm. big problems. worrying for Worcester, actually. So they're 0-3. Yeah. Interesting fact, mm. I, I mentioned it at the, in the little intro I did on at the podcast you did. 
this is the first season in the Premiership where every side has lost one game at least in, yeah. the, in the first three rounds. Oh. That's never happened before. There's always been teams that are three and zero, but there is one team that's zero and three. Yes. Well, that the first half of that shows how competitive the league is. The second half of that is worrying for Worcester. Uh, so, yes, it is what wor- wor- worrying for Worcester. Albeit they've had, they had one first fixture they travelled up to Newcastle, which is not an easy fixture, but got pumped. It's the kind of thing that you want to be competitive in, getting points out of it. They then have had two tough fixtures against Wasp. last year's top two, Wasps and Exeter. Yeah, so they were away at Exeter, yeah? So I would just be a little cautious uh, about judging them just yet. No, they were at home to Exeter. Oh, no. Home to Exeter and Wasps. Yeah, well, the Wasps game, there's a lot to, a lot to hang your hat yeah, on there. Yeah, um, There's some the, green shoots. Yeah, that's not good. But just again, it? no 10. Or no premiership high quality 10. No 10 that would get into any other team. Yes, I'm yeah. over. Who? Yeah. Um, I, Tom Heathcote. Yeah, I, I guess they're going to be rotating between those two and maybe Ryan Mills when he returns. Mm. Yeah. So, it's, uh, we've got a pretty pretty phenomenal backline, but just yeah, they've they've got big problems and off the field as well with it, the club being up for sale, and you know that's going to unsettle people. Apparently, the Wi-Fi in the academy house relaxation rooms is still <laughs> super fast. Thank God. <laughs> See, I think Wolves is actually a very attractive proposition to buy. Uh, because it's got all the infrastructure. It's got, I mean, they've got a good squad. Mm. You know, if they were clever, they would sell it to a world-class ten. Because <laughs> he's probably got the money, and he could play. Well, that let's talk. Probably got the let's talk about future world-class tens. Just jumping around the stories. Marcus Smith, uh, yeah, man of the match performance. Although, personally, I thought Marlon Yard was just exceptional yeah. as well. I, I think he possibly deserved it. But my, eighteen years of age and. In that pressure cooker with Wasp coming back at you, that last 20 minutes, he just controlled territory. Slotted the penalty. Slotted the pens when it was hit, which Danny Cipriani didn't. Yep. So I've not seen this kid fully. So um, this is a very preliminary judgment. I need to yep. watch a full game. Uh, I still think he struggles in open play. Uh, I, you know, he isn't he isn't particularly polished, but he's 18. He's 18. So yeah. you know, you've got to take it in context of like that's pretty good. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> It's quite it's, remarkable. Yeah, it is phenomenal. Um, really remarkable. You can have that at Times, Telegraph, um, Sunday Rags, you can have that. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Smith, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> Use that quote. <laughs> uh, it does tell me something... More, yeah, so it does tell me something more important, okay, which is maybe, and Worcester could learn this, maybe the answer to a positional problem when it arises, is not to go and look and buy a 10. Because Harlequins have tried to do that. Unfortunately, he's injured with a thr- with a fractured throat, I might add. Yeah. Um, but then they give the kid a go and they beat Wasps at home. So there is something there which is, you know, maybe trust your academies a little bit more. If, if there's a chance to play a kid, play him. And Quinns have taken a lot of stick about their away form. And how erratic they are, not backing up performances, uh, winning one week and then being poor the next. Well, perfect. Amazing, a match for anyone at home and then a bit feeble away. But that showed that, all right, maybe there is some... We, the opening day was a, that was a poor day for them, but yeah. decent win at home against Gloucester and then on the road at Wasps. Yeah, so Fair play. And they were hard in that game. They, they were tough. Yeah, so Quinns have been very Quinns-like. This, this is analogous to their win against Saracens away last year. Um, 
they managed to beat the eventual relegation team on the first game of the season. So, if anything, they've, they've, they've still gone back. So, so they beat a major team, team away, but they also lost against the relegation hopefuls in, in the first game of the season. So, actually, compared to the last season, not doing as well. Yeah, big game for them this weekend. They've got Leicester at home. That'll be a good acid test. And Leicester needs something as well. Yep. Yeah. Richard Blaze has gone, is that correct? He's resigned. Uh, the last forwards coach, Brett Deacon, has stood in on a temporary basis Brett to Deacon is facilitate here. with the line-outs. So Brett Deacon is getting promoted every week, from what I can tell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things aren't all amazing at Leicester, not all amazing at Gloucester yet. Oh, the, the the two teams that stand out above everyone else are the one that you watched in Philadelphia Saracens, Saracens. and Exeter who again had a yep. wobbly, wobbly start with their first game but have looked pretty special so it, yeah. a, a lot of people are revising their thoughts me included that maybe instead of we thought it might be this year the top three or four breaking away from the rest and the rest in a big blob actually I think it might be the top two and then a, a massive scrum for for, yeah, fourth, that's for kind third of, and fourth that's kind of how, how I felt about it because Exeter yeah, oh maybe top three I think top three will soon shape up and it will be Wasp Saracens yeah. Exeter everyone else I mean how good or how terrible on Northampton I don't know uh, they looked terrible in the first game they then looked outstanding yeah and they, they looked outstanding against Leicester and yeah. Leicester have looked terrible but they looked but they looked outstanding against Bath they, yes. they shut down that Bath team who were so dominant in the previous two games. Right, so... So, hang on, how does this work? So, are Northampton better than Saracens now? Because Northampton lost to Saracens. Bath then beat Saracens, they beat Bath. Yeah. Yeah, that means, that means Northampton weren't as good as Saracens, but now they are better than them. Yeah, they're now correct. better, yeah. so they're now also <laughs> reigning two-times European Champions Cup. <laughs> yes, correct. Title holders. Um, and Jim Mallinder was getting stick. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was so bad. That first match was so bad... I thought it was actually career-threatening for Mullander. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I really did. And he goes, win, wins two. Who have they got, got next week? That's a good question. Shall we get into it? A... Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, oh, just one more brief little story which I just want to okay. uh, mention. Uh, Billy Vanapola has come out and been very vocal and, uh, you know, a big guy in stature but also in profile and he's come out and is a, a voice at the moment saying that there could be a potential strike like happened in the NFL when there was a... What, what do they call it? A walkout? No, what was it called? Uh, hold out, play a hold freeze out. or play a freeze. Okay, so whatever. Can I, because, because of so can the demands me? that are being put on the players in the new global calendar that's yeah. been suggested. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, the I think it's one, something to do with the global calendar. But anyway, just the lockout. That was it. So the lockout is slightly different because that's the facility is not allowing the players to come back in. Okay. so not that one then. Well, he's talking about the players all getting together like a kind of union and going. We're we're having a. So strike. generally speaking, my thoughts on unions are pretty dim. Um, yeah. But but the, the, the your RPA. thoughts on the sport of rugby un, rugby union yeah. outstanding. Rugby union is positive, and the RPA, which is the players' union. I've got to say, uh, trying to expand the season is absolute n- nonsense. If anything, they need to shorten it. They need le- less games of more high intensity and more more and more quality. Well, Billy Vanapolo would be uh, agreeing with you right now. Uh, but I mean, look, if you really want more rugby, right? If you really want a lot more rugby go to the A-League games I mean that's 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 what I do but no one does because they're happy with the amount of amount of rugby that they've got we've seen this weekend um, Leinster versus Kings no one showed up because they don't want shit matches so, sorry bad matches um, <laughs> so why so why do it I, I don't see why you need to see England any I mean 
watching your national team play should be the pinnacle of the season. So I don't think England should be playing three times on tour, three times at home, plus another few times um, in 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 the Six Nations. L- limit the whole lot. So Interesting. It's there is a really good article on it from a different perspective. But so Christian Day, mm. obviously uh, heavily involved in the Rugby Players Association, um, wrote a really interesting article on talking rugby union, um, making the point. So not about limiting the game for the fans or increasing the spectacle, which is the point that you're making. Mm-hmm. Purely talking about it from a player welfare perspective, and the the so English rugby union and Pro 14 is already the longest season of any contact sport yep. outside of the top 14. So uh, French French is the is the longest of any contact sport in the world. Not not because when we do not class football as a contact sport. No. no. No, is it a contact sport? Probably technically, but not Maybe anymore. Technically, so not contact is not illegal. I, I think, as in, you can have shoulders. But but, but the second that you brush shoulders, someone falls over. Yeah, so. I think so. No, basketball is a contact sport. Te- no, it, well, basketball is non-contact. Sport, non-contact. Isn't it? Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't care. And, right. Anyway, it's it's shorter season than rugby Boxing? union. What was that? But the the thing I think, and possibly, I wonder what Christian Day would think about this. Guys like Billy Billy Vanapola, uh, massive man, goes. You know what his body goes through. Um, we can't imagine. Yeah, and what he what he does to other people, I yeah. definitely never want to experience. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think guys like him at the very top are the ones that are going to be okay. I think it's the guys who are mm. your, your average Premiership squad player, never an international. They're the ones that are are not going to earn huge money and get big endorsements and get the get the get the big insurance payout if their injury is cut short or whatever they're not going to get all that they're going to be put through the mill play constantly they, their international union is not going to look after them or give them like Dan Carter did a sabbatical or whatever they're the ones that are going to know you play every week take that injection take that pill get back on the field and then there'll be bodies completely so, broken and not have anywhere near enough money to do anything with so when actually, they finish the non-internationals you make a good point because they do play a lot more club games but I actually think it's the physicality and the toll so it's not so much how many games they play per se but maybe the intensity of the games but also how long these games are spread out for so they literally have only five, mm. only five, week, five, five weeks off and they're playing sort of semi-constantly all, like, all the way through the workload is is too high. I'd rather them have more workload in a shorter period, so they have more, so they have more recovery time off afterwards. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and also, I think the international game, because of just the sheer ferocity of it, probably adds so much, so much more work to those lads. But there again, they are paid handsomely to do it. The the, the point is, player welfare and rugby as a spectacle are inextricably linked in so many ways. Yeah. For instance, no one's going to watch a team short of internationals because that because they're all injured, and equally we don't want to be making them play so much that they get career-threatening injuries, and we don't um, we don't see them anyway. So there is far 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 too much far too much rugby, uh, and they're doing all these things the wrong way. They need to get rid of games, not increase them. Unfortunately, that is that is what all the players are saying, and that is what the RPA are saying. Yeah. So. Premier Rugby are trying to increase this. You know, there's, it's been muted that one of the possible solutions to the calendar problem could be to increase the Premiership season by an extra month. So start September, finish June. How about decreasing it by, by a month? How do they feel about that? Uh, well, the problem then is the, the global calendar. 
as in getting the games into the period of time. Mm. And you so don't people, you don't want to ruin yeah. the integrity of the club competition by having internationals not there most of the time. Yeah, and people so no one wants to get rid of the European Champions Cup. No, no. one no one wants to get well, rid that's, of That's that's all the Irish provinces care about. No one wants they to get rid really of They don't really care about the Pro 14. <laughs> the Six Nations uh and then you've got the summer tours and the autumn internationals. Yeah. So it's I mean something has to give. But and the TV, know, the TV money and the sponsorships are such that no one is willing to give an inch. So yeah, and let me just make a quick argument for the clubs because it is easy, and I think you're in danger of going down this road of saying, "Oh, the clubs only want money," or you know, the, the, it's the clubs that are pushing for this. Without the clubs, none of this is possible because the clubs own the players, they pay the players, they develop them, they train them, yep. they do the they do the majority. <laughs> yeah. Only once a club has done all the things necessary to produce a world class player. Do England then get involved? It's all right for England to say, oh yeah, we pay them and we look after them and they're on our, you know. England do not own own these players. It's like borrowing machinery from some from someone else's factory and destroying it and then sending them back. Well, the RFU do fund the academies as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the clubs so aren't So there pure... is a bit more of a partnership. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah sense. absolutely. But the clubs aren't purely the bad guys here saying, you know, more, and also they've got wage bills. Mm. So. No. I don't think anyone's saying that about the. I don't think anyone's pointing the finger at the club and saying. I think it's just as as you say. If you were if you owned the TV rights for a, a domestic rugby league, you want the big stars involved. Yeah, yeah. And I, if suddenly there was a law brought in that they can, they'll, they'll miss. They'll only play ten league games a season. Well, you want to you want to sit down and go. Well, we need to talk about that. Uh, yeah, that TV right money then because. I'm not, yeah. getting, I'm not getting the product I bought. Yeah. So this is a, so the, the, the difficulty is every time. So if if a Premiership match makes you a, makes you a hundred pound and you've got twenty of them, if you went to I don't know twenty five, you then get maybe ninety pound a match and so on and so forth. So you these guys, you're asking them to work harder for less return. It, it, it is the the, uh, the law of uh, diminishing returns here. It's just not a good idea. Hmm. Well, that that one will rumble and rumble, but it's just quite it's an, it's an interesting thing that is brewing. I can't. I, I'm trying to think any other business. I can't think of anything. So let's, let's look ahead next week. Yeah, that's the important stuff. So we'll just do because we've already been probably quite a lot longer than we originally expected. So yeah, well, I think we've got time just to mention. By the way, gentlemen, um, it was quite an interesting thing to, for you to arrive back in the UK to to the news that. Um, this show, our humble little show we do in the Rugby Dungeon with just the three of us doing everything, mm-hmm. uh, and which we did for, for many years, you know, as growing it from, from ground zero with no professional broadcasting arm or marketing department promoting it, and we have been uh, nominated alongside some of the biggest brands and names in all of radio and podcasting uh, one of the UK Radio Academy Awards. It's pretty cool, isn't it? For best sports show, yeah. So just, just some names that have... sports show? That's why. <laughs> just, just, just some, uh, just some names of people that have also got nominations in various other categories. Um, uh, Jeremy Vine, mm-hmm. um, Five Live Sport. Oh, general Five Live Sport is in a category alongside us. So the whole Five Live Sport department, as an entirety, <laughs> is up against the three of us. Well, the whole in our Egg Chasers category. Rugby podcast in its entirety. Yeah, the whole of Egg Chasers podcast against against the entire. Well, <laughs> well technically, we are paying for our competition. We fund. Don't. <laughs> don't. don't. I'm going I'm to throw my TV in the bin. I'm going to rip up my TV license. <laughs> All I can say is having dealings with people in five. Uh, if, not five live, scrum five. 
Uh, oh, I, I, I don't. I, I really hope that they don't win. I really, I really, really hope so. Uh, the Chris Evans Breakfast Show is got is in an award. Uh, Nick Grimshaw is going to be oh, there on the night. Gonna show up to the, yeah, to yeah, the they'll be there. They'll be there. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, and yeah, little old us, we're there. So good work. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not expecting us to actually walk away with the gong, but are well. you not? Well, no, it would be kind of poetic because I've been personally on the X, I, XFM show and stuff I did. I've got 11 different award nominations, never won, oh, always yeah. nominated. So it'll be sod's law that I'll... Always the bridesmaid. First one I'll do, I'll uh, nail it on this. But anyway. It's, well, yeah, and then it'll be 100% from JB as well. 100% from JB, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be one from one. Yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> it going to anyone else but us personally. But <laughs> Whereas I'll have like, um, who's a really bad kicker? Who's a really, really terrible kicker? Uh, Danny Cipriani. <laughs> Bowden Barrett. I'll be the Bowden Barrett uh, in terms of hit rate. Mm. One they, from eleven, but when when I when I get it right, yeah. it's incredible. They say you miss hundred percent of the kicks you don't take. Correct, mate. Yeah. Bowden Barrett sometimes misses hundred percent of the kicks he does take. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, games then. Okay, fixtures. So, uh, Pro Fourteen fixtures. We'll quickly go through these. Um, Leinster carrying on their uh, troublesome tour of South Africa. They tried to Bloemfontein to play the Cheetahs. Have you seen the other couple of misdemeanors on their tour? So obviously the the attendance. Yep. Then you had Nasewa and Gibson Park being denied ac- access to the country. Yeah, apparently they've got to go directly to the con- South African consulate to pick up a form or, or something. I think it's the South African consulate in New Zealand, though. Yeah, I think that you might be right. <laughs> so anyway, they landed in the country... Uh, had a few hours of trying to sort visas out, couldn't do it, and had to go back to Dublin. Mm-hmm. So, are we all saying uh, Leinster win? Yes. Yes. Comfortable Len- Leinster win. Oh, yeah, there was also the incident with uh, Keen Healy. Keen Healy. But I- I'm hoping some more information comes out about that. He, because he, he was just watching something on his laptop in his electronics van. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they turn around a plane back to the terminal. Don't know. You can have a right job's worth on there. <laughs> uh, turn your laptop off, sir. Okay. Yes. No problem. What if? It, what if? I mean, it's very unlikely. But what if? A. He's a job's worth, or she's a job's worth, and he or she is a massive cheaters fan. You thought of that? <laughs> well, they were only travelling to Cape Town for some training, not to Bloemfontein. So, if you think you can stop that more than a week before the game every, every little helps <laughs> anyway yeah, it's just been described as a laptop issue yeah but, uh, there's definitely more to this what was he watching on that laptop uh, reviewing f- footage from the game apparently reviewing mm, interesting but yeah what game yeah what game <laughs> mm. um, okay next one Treviso host Ospreys Ospreys well, Treviso did get a win. Again, I do expect Ospreys to win, but Treviso got a win against Edinburgh away. Yeah, that's a very good point. Come back 13 point, 13 nil at half time. Yep. And Edinburgh screwed it. Yeah. Mm, I would After love we... this. I would truly love it if one of the Italian teams went on it, went went on a little run, and they played some good rugby. But we've been waiting since like ten years for it. So this will just be a, stand, a standard Italian loss now. I think this says more about Edinburgh, unfortunately, because we've been kind of bigging them up a little bit. Well, I've been kind of cautious because they go, oh, look, look, we won against two uh, Dragons. Dragons, yeah. And then they played... Hey, Dragons won as well this weekend. Did, did they? Yeah. They beat Connacht at yeah. home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good win. 
That is a good win. Yeah. Um, well, so, Osprey to beat uh, Treviso. Then, what will be a very interesting game, Glasgow host Munster. Awesome. Um, Ooh, that's a what, tasty what, game. what day is that on? Uh, that is Friday night, 7.35. I'll be watching that. Oh, we'll, we'll, So they are... They're the two unbeaten teams, three from three, in Conference A. Good. Oh, we actually did watch some, some rugby, Tim. Oh, yeah. We watched um, Ulster versus Scarlets. Oh, we did? Yeah, it was a cracking game yeah. with Cam. Good yeah. win for Ulster. Late try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Andrew, a, wasn't it? It was a great win for, for Ulster. It was one of the best low-scoring games by half-time that I've seen. I think it's three all by, by half-time. Yeah. But both teams play, trying to play rugby. Mm. Well, you can actually win the Pro 12 by playing rugby, which is very, which is very <laughs> sad. Uh, but you look at the teams that have won it recently, Scarlet's, Scarlet's. Well, you, you'd never accuse them of not playing rugby. No, definitely Glasgow, not. Connacht. Yeah. yeah. You know, are those last three winners, or have Leinster bagged one or something? I think Leinster might have been previous to that. But all teams that play good rugby. Yeah. Let, let the boys play, I think mm. is the message there. So, Glasgow Munster. Munster. I'm going to go for a home win. Glasgow win. Glasgow going to hammer them. Glasgow win. Then Ulster host Dragons. It'd, it'd be very Ulster to beat the champion Scarlets and then lose to Dragons. Oh, Ulster, the Harlequins of the Pro 12. <laughs> uh, 14. They, I think there is something to be made of that. They've got a lot of talent, doesn't always uh, play in the right way. I'll tell you who did have a good game, actually. Uh Christian Lee Leofano. Yes. Ten. Some of his kicking. Some of his kicking was so mm. good. And don't forget, he's kicking against Lee Halfpenny, one of the best position fullbacks in the world. Always found and space. And he was found, finding space, yeah. Um, I'll go for Ulster. Pride. Pride night in uh, Belfast. Yeah, Ulster at home. Then Connacht host Cardiff. Cardiff, who are 0 3, not having a good time of it. Good. Me. And with Sam Warburton uh, out, for out until oh, yeah. the Six Nations. So we were talking about this oh, on the yeah. last weekend's podcast. about, And I said, oh, I think Sam, well, Sam Warburton, unlike T- Tuolangi, Sam Warburton appears to have put his injury problems behind him. Two days later, <laughs> uh, neck problem that requires surgery and four months out of the game. However, JB called him the Wales's Tom Croft. It, Warburton always gets ready for the Lions tour and he's back for the Six Nations. He will be Perfect back for the Six time. Nations, yeah. <laughs> it's all that pesky domestic rugby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Connacht to win at home. Uh, then Southern Kings host Zebra. This will be a good leveller. Yeah. Zebra. Apparently, we're Ze- saying it wrong. It's Zebra. Zebra. Southern Kings host. Zebra. Which means Zebra will then go and play Cheetahs after that. Is that how they do it? Like, yeah, yeah they will try and do like a, a little tour. So they'll do four weeks at home and they'll then they'll all travel for two weeks up here, then four weeks at home and two weeks up Okay. Well, actually, so Zebra did play Cheetahs last week. Uh, this weekend just gone 54 39, it was. To whom? To the Cheetahs. Read that score again 54 39. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's one for the neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Super rugby. Down yeah. there. I guess it's all the it's defense the, optional. Uh, cheaters who are all South Africans and Zebra who are Zebra, all who are all South Africans. Africans. Yeah, um, that is literally uh, Super Rugby at its worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the final game, Scarlets, who will be hurting from that loss to Ulster, host Edinburgh, and will bounce back. And will definitely bounce back. That, that could be a big score, actually. Then, Premiership. The Avicii. Oh, can I just tell you something about a travelling team? Go on. 
So I was talking to um, one of the Saracens media guys, and he was trying to impress on me exactly how hard it is to move your sports club over to America for, for a week. And, you know, a point that I completely, completely, completely sympathise with. It is a massive, massive mission uh, to get it all done. I then heard, quite separately from someone else, Saracens, since they've been in America, have managed to spend £82,000 on food. That is incredible. So they're there for a week. Yep. Yeah. So seven days. So divide 82. Come yes. on, Phil. Numbers, man. 82,000 divided it, by seven. 11 and a half grand. Oh, my goodness. That's well, incredible, Phil. Well, no. That, that's just a, a proximate. <laughs> okay. 11 and a half grand a day divided uh, by... 11 there. and a half divided by how many people in that squad? Uh, 30 guys and, let's say, 20 staff. So 50 people. 11 and a half grand divided by 50. Uh, yeah, so, um, 12 grand divided by 50 would so be 600 so it's 60 uh, 11, 11 grand divided by 50 2 grand uh, sorry 230 pounds per person per day per day which is not too bad actually 70, 70 200, 230 pounds per person per day on food um, what does it mean less than if they're eating out that's fine well, hang on <laughs> what, what size squad have they got and how many staff so that, that's based on that's 50. based on an approximation of 50 people yeah it may well be more who knows yeah and snacks uh, uh, 200 quid a 200, day. 230 quid a day per person per day on food maybe that is a bit high well maybe. equally it might it might be reasonable. you can imagine there'll be some team bonding nights involved in that when they say food and drink 60 quid a meal <laughs> well uh, what, were we, what were we talking about so, so they, they are big boys They're, yes they need their definitely. protein they definitely need their protein um, so Aviva Premiership fixtures okay which is the most interesting one here? I'd like to have known how many cows they consumed through the week rather than how much money they spent. <laughs> oh, sorry, 82,000 was the calorie consumption per player. <laughs> um, right. Avicii. So, the two two contenders for the most interesting... Oh, it's going to be Exeter Wasps, surely. It's either the most inconsistent uh, Harlequins Leicester mm-hmm. or the one that should, should Replay be of the final. Exeter Wasps. Surely that. Well, we yeah. can do one of them or we can do... But- both, uh, both of them. Well, let's get the other games out of the way then. What other Avicii games are there? So on Friday night, 7.45, Gloucester host Worcester. I'll be there. <sighs> Give me Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester. Yeah. Yeah. Gloucester, they are showing... They're showing some potential and some positives. Some... Uh, so, the, certainly toughness, more than... A little bit of... The way they came back in that second half against Leicester was impressive. And, uh, by the way, Ollie Thorley has a death wish. He just run yeah. rather than try and run round people. He just runs into the biggest men on the opposition and gets <laughs> smashed. My kind of guy. Oh, Tim, I, I nearly killed a man in. Uh, oh yeah, in America. We're not, we're not really sp- we're not really spoke because so we played rugby. So we we went to watch Bayonne first team against Morris, um, which was quite quite a good game. Good performance by Bayonne, particularly compared to uh, the result earlier in the year. Were you playing in that match or against hiding. the two? No, I, I tried to get on. I tried to get on under a false name, but um, it wasn't really worth it because they've, they've done that before and they had a, a two-match sideline ban for the coach, so they said no. But we did play the B-team game afterwards. Yeah, which was an interesting mix of a few old blokes, a few uh, kind of guys that know what they're doing, and then a few guys who've never really played the game before. Ever. Like... There's, there were a couple of guys who I'm sure that have never even watched a game before, as in they did not wow. know they did not know what to do at any point in the game. Me and JB scored a uh, formed a 
formidable centre partnership. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I, I play. Although I'd like to see, I think I, I bet you had it as JB at twelve and you at thirteen. We Correct. Did. So I, I would, I would have had it the other way around because JB's not distributing twelve. Oh, I, I beg to differ. I'm kind of like Sonny Bill, a really <laughs> bad Sonny Bill. And Phil, who are you like? Uh, I'm I'm not really sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe like a I would have had you down like a Stuart Olding, bit of gas. I'll go for yeah, some someone like that. Yeah. I I don't really mind. So um, I don't certainly Jack I Roberts. Don't, I don't want too many comparisons with Stuart Olding at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, <laughs> which leads us on to uh, what happened on Saturday night. Mm. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, Moving on. Yeah. Anyway, um, they ran. Like um, a thirteen, a twelve thirteen switch. So, as in uh, twelve drifts out. Yeah. So I pick up the twelve. The thirteen comes on a really hard line for a short pop um, from the ten. Trying to beat, trying to get JB's in. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Side arm, weak, uh, weak arm. Exactly. So if JB follows yeah. his man out and then there's a bit yeah. of a gap there, JB didn't follow his man. I've got his man. JB has my man and he absolutely smashed him. Yeah, he was looking for, <laughs> he was looking for a, a weak home. I don't possess weak arms. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he was like 70 kilograms as well. Was there, was there, a, was there one of those ooh yeah. Oh, yeah, noises? Yeah. I, I hit, he ran into me. Rather than me hitting him, but he ran into me so hard that I didn't get a chance to like wrap my arms. So it was just like chest, straight into the shoulder, bang. Penalty yeah. then. I'd, so penalty yellow card. It was a, a stone-cold penalty yellow card, in, in, it, in my opinion. It, but it, was, it wasn't high. It didn't get, yeah... All their players were shouting, "That's high! That's high!" I was right there. It wasn't high. I, <laughs> it just there were no there were no arms in it. No <laughs> arms at all. I said, "Look, it's not high, but it is illegal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. good nice. Out. Yeah, it was good fun. So Leicester, Leicester, Gloucester, uh, Gloucester, Gloucester, Worcester, Gloucester, Worcester, and Gloucester will win. Gloucester will win. The most worrying thing for Worcester, they've scored half as many points as anyone else. They, they've Ooh. only scored twenty eight points and with that backline. With that backline outside games. of ten, nine, uh, outside of nine ten as well. Yeah, so Gloucester will win that. Bath then hosts Newcastle, which oh. Bath Bath will win that. Yep. Um, Newcastle will be positive if they get something out of the game, it, it's good. But I think be that'll a tough be fast for them. To I think travel. that'll be close. But yeah, the travelling involved and everything. Yeah. yeah. So they travel back, have a couple of days in Newcastle, and then travel back down to. They don't know they're beaten though. Ever that team. No, yeah, tough they're, much, boys. they're so much more improved than what what they were last um, uh, last year. Yeah, they're a good team. Then Quinns play Leicester. 
This is a really hard one to call. Quinn's at home, I think. I think Quinn's at home as well. But you, you started to see a bit more from that Leicester back line. <sighs> um, it's whether the pack can provide the platform. The pack's just not good enough. You know what you said about Faf de Klerk last week, where you said Classes. people aren't reacting to him. People yeah. aren't reacting to George, George Ford. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I can see that. He's, yeah. he's, kind of, he's kind of seeing things that are on and other people aren't reading But isn't that weird? Because the whole thing, the whole reason that they kind of got him in is because he'd worked so well with Ben Young's. So, you know, well, we saw that partnership starting to work. Yeah, ha- yeah. However, it's outside of that. Yeah, it's not the person inside him you need to worry about. Like, it's not um, Josh Strauss giving the ball to Fafta Clerk you need to worry about. It's Fafta Clerk then passing on to Jennings or McGinty or, Sol- or anyone. Yeah. So it's, it's who is everyone who's outside, and for. it feels a little bit like Leicester's best attacks are started by Vianu from loose broken field ball. Yeah, try that. Maloof scored was was bloody brilliant, amazing from Vianu. Most what a lovely little glide. It wasn't even a step; it was just a kind of uh, glide. And, from and then like a no look pass too. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And I like the wasps for, uh, first try. Oh, and gorgeous! It was stunning, and also Fafta Clerk put someone in. Solomona, uh, Solomona. yeah, really? little one-two. One yeah. That, w- that was very nice. I've, I've never seen that from a breakdown. Uh, I've seen, yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it quite a lot. Not normally where the player who's passed it to the to the to the to what was Fafta Clerk in that case yeah. gets the ball back again. I've seen it. You see it quite a lot where the person in sort of the receiver position does like a miss one inside to a wi- usually a yeah, winger flying. Yeah, yeah. And, and trying to beat the beat the guard. The other difference between the Fafta Clerk situation and the George Ford situation is George Ford has been passed to by his mate from England, so you think that's okay, and then passing it to a world class twelve yeah. on his outside. Um well Fafta Clerk's not doing that and Fafta Clerk is one of the world's best scrum halves. AJ McGinty had a well, he had a decent game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to it seems to be coming together a bit more. Yeah. But And Mark be... Jennings was just outstanding. Right. This is interesting. Have I mentioned this before? Every time I speak, to, in fact, since the summer, since I interviewed Simon Orange, people have been talking about Mark Jennings over and over again, who I just assumed was one of those guys that they might keep, they might get rid of, not too sure. He's playing, like you say, really well, really well. Yeah, so I remember first knowing about Mark Jennings when he was in the, he was a fullback in the England World Cup winning under-20s team about four years ago. And yeah. I, I I did some match announcing at it might have even been England under 18s actually yeah, it was England under 18s like five years ago or whatever and I did some match I, did, I was match announcing at Headingley and it was England versus Scotland and Mark Jennings a fullback was just awesome yeah yeah he, he's um, a baller but, but he, a tough tough yeah kid. apparently I think this is the I think the buzz about him is he's taken his uh, career as a rugby player somewhat more seriously than he previously has done. I'll leave it at that, but you can fi- you can fill in the blanks how- however you wish. Um, well, um, he might have possibly the best uh, individual performance statistics of any player in the Premiership this weekend. Mm. He, he scored a try, a try assist, 98 uh, metres made, and 10 defenders beaten. 10 defenders beat is a phenomenal start. Well, it's just weird that... And yet he's sort of known for his defensive work, primarily, isn't he? Which he did. He put in 10 tackles, zero missed from a defensive perspective. So pretty handy as well. It was was the impact and the quality of what he did. He... he, 
I mean, London Irish were really, really poor. Yeah, didn't they play, um, what's his name, the the Australian Italian fella at 12? McLean. McLean, that's yeah. Not, that's never going to work. No, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was just the whole team. It, it felt flat. Unlike in the first game, we thought, oh, look, they've got you know World Cup winning tight head coming off the bench. These, this is a tough, gnarly team. They, yeah. ju- they just had a bit of a soft underbelly on Friday night. Mm. Uh, so anyway, um, what was the game we were talking about? Good question. Uh, we somehow got onto sale from Harlequins Leicester. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, I'm going to go Quins at home. They're really good at home. That'll yeah. be three on the bounce for Quins, which is. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know the last time they did that. I'm also going to go for Quins at home. If- Leicester away. Mm. I just have a feeling about them. Okay. Then uh, Saracens host Sale. Sale will lose this. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, so last week was the first sale loss that you predicted, and yeah. they and they won. So whatever you say, you can't you can't accurately predict a sale game. No, God no. So you're although so I'm I'm pretty sure I, I can predict. <laughs> I think sale probably get a bit of a hiding here. I, I after having what seen what I saw, it's starting combinations are starting to work. And Steve Diamond, I, was, I chatted to him after the game, and he said, "Oh, how is he?" Uh, yeah, he's well. He Did said, he ask about JB? Did he ask about me? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. We got all, got all the JB stuff out of the way, then I had, like, 20 seconds left. Oh, one more question. About um, JB. So, I, no, I, I chatted to him, and, and he said it's he's actually got a squad where he can drop players now. Yeah. He, he, he said he's always wanted to have a situation where if someone has a bad game, he can just drop them out of the squad. Yeah. And that's what he's done. I guess that suits his uh, management style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mike Haley got dropped, had a howler, of a mistake in the previous game when they lost to Newcastle, Newcastle. Uh, no, um, no. When they yeah, lost, yeah, Newcastle. When they lost at home. Oh yeah, New- at home to Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle. in the twelve thirteen worst yeah. game of all time. Yeah, mm. uh, he had a, a howler of a mistake at the end where he dropped the ball um, and led to a try. And then when Haley came off the bench, he looked immense. So there's something in what he's saying where he's got kind of the ability to say you're not good enough. Yeah, do one. Uh, so I think they'll be tougher. I don't think they'll get hammered, but I think Saracens will win by mm. nine. Yeah, Saracens win by a couple of scores. Um, yep. Then on Sunday, London Irish host Northampton. Which, if if you just look at the last two games, you'd say Northampton going to win that quite comfortably. Yep, agreed. And yeah, I don't think they'll win comfortably, but I think they'll win. So I, if Irish Northampton do win this. Right? This is Irish's first home game. Remember, proper. Home oh, because they had the. Uh, Twickenham experience so if Northampton do win this is this proving the point that Alex Ferguson made or um, Bill Belichick made which is get rid of your best players and everyone plays 5% better (laughs) and if that is the case we should drop a list of players the best player in every team well the player that everyone needs the player that's holding you back in every team yeah Mm. so obviously it was Louis Pickamore and then so everyone's saying Northampton, although yeah. Tim, you're saying it'll be a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, and then the final game, which is our Leo Ve- Ve- Vegas. Leo pick. Vegas pick of the week. Yeah, get yourself to Leo Vegas. They love their rugby. They sponsor the podcast and they've got some really cool bets that you can get involved in. So if you were thinking of having a flutter this weekend, our pick of the games is Exeter Chiefs, the champions against the runners-up Wasps from May rematch at Sandy Park. Yeah. 
Wasps just having had their first home defeat since December 2015. Ooh. 20-odd match run. I see a X to victory. I so... I don't think... I'm not down, down on Wasps. I just think they rely too much on talent and individual brilliance. They are literally the opposite to what Exeter um, are, which are a bunch of individuals that make an incredible team. Um, and because of that, I'm not entirely sure that Wasps will be able to do the Waspy type thing and put a load of points on them. I think Exeter can hold the ball a lot better. Uh, and I think X will grind, grind this out uh, to the extent that they will get. I think X will get a win by nine points. Hmm. Wasps do have some issues in the back row. They've had a couple of injuries. Danny Cipriani, no word at the moment. I imagine by the time you may maybe listen to this podcast, some more information will come out. But at the time of recording this, there's no official word on how long he's out for. But it looked like Why, a, what was his injury? It looked like a knee injury. He was carried off at the end. He was he was. Uh, being carried off, uh, I think he got hit with a sideways impact. I'm not on his funny, knee, but so it could be if he goes, that is big. I mean, that's not just uh, it's, it's well, not like just throwing Gopeth, different sort, sort, sorts of players. That is huge. Well, Cipriani without Gopeth looked very different, yeah, on Saturday. Well, classy moments, but yeah, he has been playing with another set of eyes and hands outside him and feet. And feet and, and and without the pressure of like, one like of the, get us out get us out of jail. Eh? You need to nail this kick. Yeah, one of the best boots in the Premiership. Yeah, and I w- but I wonder if it's kind of a, a two way street here. You know, is Gopeth looking really really good at twelve with, with this player because Danny Cipriani can put him into space and knows when to you yeah. know, t- time that pass. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see that. They've, they've formed a, a good partnership. Yeah, uh, I think Dai Young's intention is to pick Danny or Jimmy because he's got two people in every position at least. Yeah. And not, we've not even seen this. De Jong, De Jong we haven't seen De Jong. Eastman hasn't come back yet. Liverpool yeah. will be starting at twelve again, I assume. Uh, he looks so good in the first couple of games at thirteen. Mm. Yeah, did it take he, something away from him moving him uh, to twelve? Again, it's hard to tell. Potentially, yes. But I mean, Quinns were really tough in there. They were really aggressive. So they, but when Wasps cut cut loose, oh, still incredible. And let's not forget Marcus Watson. It wasn't a, Marlon Yard did brilliantly to cover that tackle defensively, but he didn't cause Marcus Watson to drop the ball. When you actually look at the slow mo, Marcus Watson just dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, unopposed. Yeah, he absolutely butchered it. Yeah, uh, that would have been a great try as well. So I, I think Exeter have got the advantage of Wasps in all the set piece. I think they've got advantage of Wasps in holding the ball. And I don't think Wasps will manage will be able to manage any or as many of their big plays as they possibly I'm looking forward to, I'm looking for I think this game we're going to see up against probably Thomas Young and Nathan Hughes and J- and James Haskell you're going to see what Sam Simmons is made of oh yeah definitely see, see if he can actually put himself on Eddie's radar yeah, 100%, yeah that would be a great game for him to uh, well look like Sam Simmons um, oof. yeah with no Danny Cipriani as well I'd, I'd stretch out lead even for Chiefs. twelve. Well, if if twelve fifteen points, then. if there's no Cipriani and no Gopeth, Gopeth will be back. What? What's he, up he better be. He's in my fancy rugby draft team. <laughs> I, I, I got screwed <laughs> because he wasn't in the team. What's this up weekend. with Gopeth? He, he had just a just a foot niggle. It was nothing serious. He said on Sunday 
yeah, I'll be I'll be available for selection next week. Right, Perfect. Because okay. otherwise, they go to Miller. Is a, is, is a I've got Miller one. in my squad as well. So that's oh, thank right. God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Miller. It's or, all about the fantasy rugby draft. I think it's Miller or U- Umaga who are the next. Yeah, Umaga and a guy called Eastgate as well, a youngster called someone uh, someone Eastgate. Mm. Mm. But there you go. Anyway, uh, I, I'm going to so go for the Chiefs. Chiefs, and I think Chiefs by at least ten points. Yeah. Can I make a request, uh, please, for there not to be too many stoppages in play and injuries in this one because I'm going to have a very tight schedule to get to Exeter Airport to get back to do the podcast oh, really? on sure. Sunday uh, <laughs> um, after the game. And I would like to announce one last thing. Have we done everything? Yeah. Right, can I announce one last thing then? Yeah. yeah. Other than you've got to go to, uh, to Cornerstone and buy razors. Obviously, um, with the code EGG10 at checkout. You've got, you've got to do that. And you've got to do that because we're so good to you. So... The stash tag, the stash well, and tag because boys. you get your free engraved aluminium shaft with your initials on it and six razors for four quid. If you go to eggchasers.co.uk slash cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, or use egg ten at checkout, it's no absolute no brainer. Four quid. Anyway, so I'm just going to make a couple, couple, couple of announcements. I was going to make one. I'll make two. So we are now we are now fully focused on getting details out to you people about our trip to our trip to, to Madrid, which will be for the tier two Six Nations. Effect. Um, effectively so watch out uh, watch out for that things will be happening and I've got some incredible news about people but more important things that are going to be coming along with us that might be coming along with us yeah looking very po- yeah yeah. Uh, and talking about things I believe thanks to Canterbury our stash tag is back Ooh. so we will post this um, how are we going to do this we're going to post the um, this uh, show up on our Facebook Live, sorry, on our Twitter feed. Uh, Twitter feed and our Facebook feed. If you share it or if you retweet it, we'll put you into a little draw, and then you'll get some brand new, st- brand new can- Canterbury stash. And as you will see, we are only saving that until the very end because we want to reward the people that are with us, thick and thin, beginning to end. So the fact you're hearing that now, you're hearing something which people that stopped halfway through or whatever didn't see it through haven't got that commitment not a full 80 minute performance and it probably is 80 <laughs> minutes by the time we're finished on this podcast uh, yeah so you've got that insider knowledge so give it a retweet yeah, um, sh- yeah so share our share Facebook, Facebook live so this Facebook live episode share the Facebook live episode or retweet us retweet, on Twitter retweet the podcast which we'll put up on Twitter everyone that does in a hat Canterbury uh, gonna give you, and they, they make some of the best stash around at the minute Bath, for example, gorgeous. Lovely. Excellent. Right, right. good work. That is it. Let, let the voice play. Let the voice play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 